This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What are you guys been playing? <laughs> Take with your mind. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Buckle up and welcome to another fun-filled episode of Share's Journey, the podcast that chronicles our exciting voyage into the world of investments. From those of you who are just dipping your toes into the financial waters to those sailing close to the Warren Buffett wind, our goal is to smash those investing obstacles and guide you from your first stock purchase to collecting dividends. To our first-time listeners, a hearty hello and welcome aboard. We should note, while we are certified financial navigators, we are not privy to your personal treasure map. Hence, any information shared here serves two purposes, to entertain and offer general advice only. Enjoy the journey, me hearties. As always, I'm joined by my pirate buddy, Ren. How's it going? Oh, my God. Wow. What a st- <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, bro. We weren't recording. You have to do that again. No, no, no. (laughs) What was the theme? So, uh, I'm here with uh, my good mate, ChatGPT. (laughs) Well, I'm guessing pirate themed. I think so. Is that right, Sasha? Do you know what? I just chucked it in to my ChatGPT. So, maybe after the countless months. What did you you chuck it in and ask it to do? (laughs) I said, said, can you please rewrite Bryce's intro and just make it... Um, hang on, let me actually it must have read. Been pirate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you didn't ask it to just spell check. <laughs> I said, "Can you try something different?" Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Wow. And it's gone. And no, um, so I've asked it quite a few questions. I said, "Can you re- rewrite this podcast intro for me?" First one was boring. Decided, like, nah, don't want that. Then I said, "Can you make it more fun?" Um, and then I said, can you try something different? So, down that track lies pirates. There we go. <laughs> right. So, for those that are really confused with what's going on, welcome to Equity Mates. Uh, if you've just joined us for the first time, congratulations on starting your journey. Uh, Ren is my co-host here and we've just done the intro in pirate theme. <laughs> it's... it's, uh, it's- and contextually relevant for it what is we're talking about relevant. today because yes. we're talking about uh, AI and obviously there's a lot of hype when it comes to investing in AI. Uh, there's a potentially a better way to think about it, well, a different way to think about it that we've sort of heard from a couple of experts that we wanted to really bring to the fore and chat about because you don't just have to invest in the companies making these AI chatbots. 
but before we get into that, probably two things. First of all, is we should just clarify the disclaimer because I'm yes. not sure a pirate themed disclaimer passes ASICs. If you're not privy muster. to our personal treasure map. Yes, uh, uh, no, we no, are no. licensed. It was also we we are financial uh, certified financial navigators. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Now, we are licensed, but we are not aware of your personal circumstances. So, any information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes only. Any advice is general advice. And the other bit of housekeeping that we just want to uh, quickly share, uh, you probably have heard it on the podcast or maybe seen it on social media, is we wrote a second book and all we did was copy the manuscript for our first book and ask ChatGPT to make it pirate themed. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) So, uh, no, this book, uh, we know that there's a lot of stress when it comes to money at the moment and uh, a lot of people, uh, ourselves included, sort of wonder what is enough when it comes to investing. Uh, It can be very hard uh, when you start investing, you always feel like you've got to do more. You've got to find a way to make more returns, find the next company, uh, you know, save more so you can invest more. Uh, And we really um, got stuck on this idea of what is enough when it comes to investing. So we wrote a book about it. It's called Don't Stress, Just Invest. And it is available for pre-order now. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Uh, It'll be available wherever books are sold on the 22nd of August. Um, But if you could pre-order it now, uh, we'd love that. We hope it helps. Anything more to add? No, just buy one for a friend or family member who's feeling anxious or uh, unsure about how to start investing because guaranteed this will give them the confidence and the steps to start in a way that is less stressful. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, yeah. Money back guarantee. From Bryce. From from your paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, let's talk AI, uh, Mihati. (laughs) Nice. Okay. I'm feeling this. Now, I guess the question is, are you going to continue this thing? Chat GPT alternative intro like next week are we going to get like a yankee thing for the, for episodes that aren't yet recorded i think it's something that we could refine and bring into it yes true that's what, actually uh... what i would say is that it would probably have been better if i tried to do a pirate accent as well do one now no <laughs> i also think i don't think pirates have an like pirates could be from anywhere Bro, have you not watched Pirates of the Caribbean? They have accents. But like, but but that's not all pirates. For a guy who was saying that, it <laughs> do you was, know what I'm saying? You're, Sasha? you're like, getting awfully like, carried away with this. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it to me, Sasha. We'll we'll. <laughs> well, all, look. All I'm saying is we've done about 750 episodes of Equity Mates Investing podcast. Another 300 of Get Started Investing. Mm, mm. I've heard your intros a lot. Yes. And it's kind of nice for you to bring some variety to our relationship <laughs> after all this time. I think we shouldn't so, get stuck in the pirate lane. We could go... Let's not get stuck in the pirate Yeah, lane. we could yeah. go to no alternate one, universes yeah. as well. No one yeah. is saying we're doing the pirate <laughs> lane now. Pirate. I was, I, I was Where the wind takes I, thee. I, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do Shakespeare next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Shakespeare, Southern America. All right. So, f- all right. Deal for the episodes that haven't yet had a recorded intro, I will commit working with our Sasha, our producer, to come up with some ChatGPT-led thematic intros. Yeah, well, you're actually not involved in a lot of episodes in the coming weeks, so Great. it'll actually be when you're back. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, let's get into it. AI, because uh, if we keep waffling on like this, AI will take our jobs. Um, so, I, I think let's start with what we've been hearing from a couple of experts. We've... Uh, I sat down with Andrew Page and uh, he 
said something like this, and the You're in Good Company podcast uh, interviewed Kathy Wood of Ark Invest, Massive. and she said something similar. Mm-hmm. We'll play the clips, but in a nutshell, forget the companies that make AI. Uh, even for Kathy, forget the companies that make the picks and shovels for yeah. AI. Yeah. Forget Nvidia; they sold Nvidia. Yeah, mind you, she sold it after getting in at five dollars. <laughs> Yeah, and, they, and for, <laughs> so, uh, for people not familiar with its current share price. 400 and something, I think, or low, high 300s. Yeah, 420. 420. So, so she got in at five. Yeah, like, they, they did all right. There's a, yeah, they did <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, it's that pretty crazy. Like 80 like, something X return. When I actually listened to her saying that, it, it was like, wow, she, that was in 2014 she bought. And the thesis, like I'd, I'd love to go back and understand what she said was the thesis at that point in time. But like that is, um, that's pretty incredible. It makes you kind of think like, you know, if what she's talking about at the companies she's buying now, next 10 years, what's that going to be? Yeah, well, if you want to know the companies she's talking about now, uh, head over to the Your Own Good Company podcast because they have a two-part interview with her uh, on their feed. But I guess the point was uh, forget the companies that are making these chatbots like Microsoft, uh, OpenAI, and you can invest in that via Microsoft or Google with Bard. Um even the picks and shovels play like NVIDIA, arguably, well, a lot of money has flowed into that space. There is another thesis that you can hold when it comes to AI and it's all about data because the thing that AI has allowed everyone to do is just crunch data at speeds and at scales that haven't been possible before and there are a really interesting emerging use cases as a result. And so rather than us explaining it, let's let some experts explain it. Uh, starting with Andrew Page. I'm personally, I'm really bullish AI. I mean, this is amazing technology. And even since ChatGPT3 came out, like we've seen the evolution, like just so rapid here. So I think it's huge, right? I think I think as a as a sector, I think we've gone, we've crossed the chasm a little bit from what is theoretically possible to actually having workable demos and beyond demos of, of it actually happening. So So there's legitimacy to it. But people jump on bandwagons really quickly. Yeah. Um, a lot of companies we've come across are talking about it more. I think one insight that's worth remembering is that it's not that these small ASX companies need to develop the AI, is that this is plug-and-play technology where, to a large extent, you, you, you're not developing the large language models, but you're applying them in much the same way that you know these companies didn't invent the internet back at the turn of the century, but, but used it. So I, I think a lot of companies will be using it, should be using it. Like just competitively, you're going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about over a period of years here, right? So there is legitimacy to it. But the question you've got to ask is, is that what what edge does this give you? And from that angle, my hot take is that companies best able to leverage it in a way more so than their competitors are those that have proprietary data sets. Mm. Anyone can point an AI at a set of data if it's public and we can all extract useful information from that, or at least that's the potential. But when I, if I'm Volpara and I own all the breast imaging uh, uh, images data, you know, if I'm um, uh, Catapult and I own all the sports analytics data, if I'm EnviroSuite and I own all, you know, that, that it actually, I can use it as much as anyone else can, but I've, it, as we know with AI, a key part of it is the data set that you can train it on and then extract it from. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. I think the key, obviously, is the proprietary bit. It's not companies that just have access to publicly available data and can crunch Mm. it. It's those companies that own a huge amount of data is the key here. Um, And we'll get to some of the companies in a moment. 
But um, before we do that, let's have a listen to what Kathy's views are on this. NVIDIA is doing astonishing things. We got in at $5. It was a 5 to $10 billion market cap in 2014. And we've ridden it all the way up in most of the funds. We took it out of flagship because flagship's very concentrated. And we see many other much less expensive AI plays. It still meets our 15% compound annual rate of return expectation, but barely. Whereas these others are now, again, our research could be wrong. I always have to say that for compliance, (laughs) but you know, these other names we think are 40, 50% compound annual rate of return because they've been killed as NVIDIA has gone up. Doesn't make any sense to us to give you an example. Tesla. So NVIDIA is at 25 times sales, not earnings, sales. Tesla is at six times sales. Twilio, many people don't know the name, is at two times sales. The most important competitive advantage, once you've got a visionary leader, AI expertise and domain expertise, is proprietary data. And so you'll see every company in our portfolio is there at least in part, with an AI angle in mind. It is their data. Tesla has the new oil. That's right. And it's becoming even more true. Uh, That that has been a saying for a little while, but it's ever more true now. Uh, So Tesla has more miles of real-world driving data than all of the auto companies and tech companies going after transportation in the world put together. Um, and, and probably orders of magnitude more. And that's because it has 4 million plus robots roaming around the world. I have two of them, a Model 3 and a Model Y. And they're collecting data every day, sending it back to Tesla saying, okay, here's a disengagement, something didn't go right, let's study that. And they're using AI in, in a profound way that is going to create autonomous uh, autonomous driving. So Bryce, I think that's one example of this data thesis. And I think at its core, it's the functionality of AI, at least in, in this thesis's view, is going to be a commodity. Yes. Like maybe yeah, someone maybe someone will produce a chatbot that is huh, that doesn't get things wrong. Because I'll tell you what, the amount of things that I'm finding Google Bard especially getting wrong is pretty wild. Yeah, it, that actually it, I'm the same. Some some really direct questions it nails, like who won the premiership in 2022. Mm. It can get that. That's yeah. just a Google search. Yeah. But like... That's carved into my mind forever. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but like when it tries to do a chat GPT vibe and kind of synthesize a whole bunch of information and present it back, half the time I've found that it is wrong. Yeah. yeah it's uh, strange. I, this morning I've, uh, I was... So... I, I know this chart exists somewhere. It's a chart that shows the different stock markets that outperformed in each decade. And like the point of the chart shows that it's very rare for countries to outperform decade after decade. And I've seen it. I can explain it to you what it looks like, but I couldn't, couldn't find it. I spent like 20 minutes on Google trying to find it for an episode to get started investing we're about to record. Um, and then I was like, maybe AI will be able to help me here. Uh, went to... 
asked Google to find me the website. Google Bard couldn't find me the website. Um, gave me a whole bunch of options which were wrong. Then I just decided, all right, well, these guys have been trained on data. They have Bard has access to the internet. Uh, ChatGPT has data up to 2019 or 2021. 20, these guys can just tell me the information and I can recreate it. They both were just wildly wrong. ChatGPT couldn't tell me. It just was like, I don't have that information. I was like, what... What was the best performing stock market between 1900 and 1910? Didn't have that information. Uh, Google Bard just kept telling me it was America for every decade. Which Serious is bias. Not correct. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, back to the AI point. Maybe someone develops a chatbot that is just exponentially better. But like that doesn't feel like the, the path we're going down. Mm. So you could have a picks and shovels play, invest in NVIDIA, or you say, what companies have data that will benefit from the power of these? Yeah, and the, by benefit, we mean like their business operations. They're going to become more competitively or more competitive or their competitive advantage is going to become more powerful. Like their, their business then is um, com- versus their competitors. Yeah. Their ability to grow, like le- the, leverage that data. Like Kathy's example is a classic example. There's all these companies fighting to be the first to get self true self-driving and she believes that the amount of data that Tesla has been collecting gives mm. it a An unfair advantage over its competitors. Yeah. yeah. So this got us thinking which companies have heaps and heaps of proprietary data? Mm, any out of left field companies that we can talk about? Yeah. Well, there are the obvious. There's all of the social media companies, Meta, ByteDance, Twitter, yeah, they you have name a it. Portfolio of human interaction, which is unrivaled. Yeah. And Elon, the, the amount of strategic mistakes. Well, I don't know if they're going to be mistakes in hindsight, but have you seen what he's doing in Twitter? Uh, he's limiting how many posts people can see. Yeah, because yeah. he's worried about it being scraped. Scraped, yeah. 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 It's like, mate. Anyway. Yeah, why does he care if it's scraped? Like, that's what the bit I've kind of haven't well, re- researched. Because like for this exact thing. Oh, he wants data like protection. The, the data of like different interactions in Twitter and um, all of like everything that they are collecting is proprietary yeah, like yeah. is an advantage for Twitter if they're the only ones that are analyzing it but if researchers can just scrape Twitter data and do their own research without paying Twitter then that's he feels like he's being he's, stolen yeah, from yeah 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 I mean I get it but like come on part of me is like find if let them scrape but have uh ads and then all these uh, all these ch- uh, AI impressions count as ads, uh, ad impressions. <laughs> oh yeah, the the advertisers will love that. <laughs> I don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got all the social media. Obviously, we know Google um, has. We do know Google has a an, a massive amount of data. Yeah, then- uh, in particular, search data. Like, mm. imagine the amount of insight you can gain on what humans are doing and thinking you overlay that with like different events and then you you track search data uh, like right there's so much insight mm. yeah and then there's the devices side like the apples of the world and what they know about us um uh is gonna be incredible yeah Th- reams of data just one data point like imagine apple pointing AI towards the GPS data they have on ha- what hundreds of millions of iPhone users. Mm. Mm. 
nuts. Hopefully but I don't look at yours. <laughs> <laughs> One's fine. To and from work every day. But that that's the obvious one. So we've been sitting here and um, having a think about what are the companies that have pretty interesting data sets that they can train AI. So before we do that, we're going to take a very quick break and then get back I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Equity Mates, Mihardis. We are discussing <laughs> we are discussing AI and more importantly, companies that have large proprietary data sets and how they might be able to leverage AI to develop a strong competitive advantage. Now we've heard Kathy talk about Tesla and how it can leverage all of the driving data to get an advantage in true self-driving. We've heard Andrew Page talk about Volpara and the breast imaging data that it gets. Ren, let's go through our list of just companies that we think have huge amounts of data that if they can plug in AI will potentially be able to zhuzh up their business. So here's an interesting one. Uh, Well, I think it's interesting. Um, I don't want to bias the jury. Match Group uh, and also Bumble and Grindr, all publicly listed, but Match Group uh, is the biggest. So Match Group owns Match.com, Tinder, uh, Hinge, and about 40, I think they own 42 dating platforms in total. The volume of human interaction is staggering when you think about it. Like every swipe, every message, every rose purchased and every super like and all of that stuff. Um, imagine if you could point AI at that and you start getting insights around. And I'm sure they already do. They, I'm sure there's a lot of algorithms that decide who's getting shown to who and all of that stuff. But just like how predictive AI could be in terms of love. Yeah. I mean, I would think that they'd, yeah, to your point, like... They, they would already have it. They like, would already be working yeah, on it for sure. working yeah, on yeah, the yeah, background. Yeah. yeah. But it could be get to the point where they're just the first person that opens, you get fed is the perfect person. They Yeah, they launch an <laughs> like, app where there's only one, one match yeah. ever. And maybe it's like That's we, we bad don't... for them though. You'd, you'd have to pay... And they charge a fortune. A million for it. dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People and pay for love. Maybe you open the app and if they haven't found the perfect one, it's just like... It's still looking. You know, True. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Your time's not now. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there is like, no- <laughs> on Tinder, on Tinder, there would be times where the AI knows it's serving up subpar matches, but it's like, hey, the game is to just keep yeah, serving vo- people volume, up. Yeah, volume, volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they change the model to be like the 
We we will guarantee the first person we show you is the one yeah, that mil- you've got to pay for. A million dollar subscription <laughs> with a money back guarantee if you don't get married. They wouldn't they wouldn't need a money back guarantee with AI. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's nice, one that's one nice. for me. What about you? You got any? Yeah, so um, obviously we both worked at Woolies and Coles and this was going on um, I wouldn't say it was an issue. Obviously the reams of data on customers that both of those retailers have through their rewards programs, Mm. through every single product that is scanned through checkout, through their websites, through, you know, the all the other businesses that they have going on, credit cards, insurances, everything, just the the picture that they can paint of their customers is enormous. Mm. And I know when we were when I was working at Woolies, you know, eight eight years ago or so that there was a there was a general feeling that there was almost like there is so much data we don't know what to do with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Like how do we even hire the right people and build systems that – and this is no like indictment on the people working there, but it was just so much data. It's like where do we – how do we even leverage this? And so mm. Woolies ended up buying Quant- half of Quantium, which was just a, a – data analytics company and i think now they own uh, a majority share buy the whole thing yeah purely so that they had this company just uh crunching crunching data and trying to deliver insights and so you can see how if they can you know really leverage ai the the, the level of detail and, and mapping of customers and exactly what you want, when you're going to want it, how you're going to buy it, like it become pretty powerful. Yeah, I think they, Woolies now owns 75% of it and right. founders and employees own the other 25. Right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, give, given that between them, they pretty much have half the population each, um, millions and millions of people shopping. Yeah, and I think you can probably bucket uh, the credit card companies and the banks into yes, this yeah, as well, yeah. like just, just customer data and the insights you can gain. I think the other interesting one for Woolies and Coles is they have like other data sources that you probably don't think that much about. But one that I often think about is CCTV. Because AI has now reached human level object recognition. I think in some tests, it's actually better than humans at recognizing objects. So AI in theory, well, AI could be trained on video or images and analyze it and draw insights from it. It doesn't just have to be text. And so Woolies has what, a thousand and something supermarkets. And hopefully they're saving all that CCTV. I don't know where it's big cloud cloud storage bill but (laughs) (laughs) but all of a sudden it's like how are customers moving through our stores what are they what's catching their eyes shelf heights spacing of uh, aisles all of that stuff and all of a sudden you say ai i've got a thousand supermarkets all slightly constructed differently uh what insights can i draw Mm. and also perfect floor plan what experiments can i run like let's a b test different levels of lighting does that thing where they like mist water onto the fruit and veg, how much does that increase sales? And, you know, like, and then you can start dividing by demographic and you can overlay like socioeconomic factors over this stuff. And you can think, look at how humans uh, are actually moving through stores in different parts of the country and mm. stuff like that. So, again, I think for people sitting there going, oh, but you can do all that now. You, you can do that now. But And so, w- w- one of the I mean, roles that I was doing at Woolies was all of that store format sort of strategy and thinking through like floor plan design and that sort of stuff. But it's the, the power of the AI comes in the an- analysis of it. I think every single thing that we're going to talk about today, that mm. applies for. Yeah. yeah. It's, 
artificial intelligence. Like yeah. intelligence exists. It's just time consuming and expensive. Yeah, or near impossible. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, you know, like given a, enough money and enough time at some point over the course of history, self-driving cars will be developed. But the beauty of well, what Kathy Wood is arguing is that AI accelerates that for Tesla. Pun intended. What else? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, a really interesting one is the pharmaceutical space. So the Pfizer, Eli Lilly, AstraZeneca, Merck, Johnson & Johnson, the volume of data they have from clinical trials and in particular failed clinical trials is immense. And, you know, humans have been poring over that data and trying to figure out what went wrong or, what, you know, are there any any possible like second avenues? You know, like the classic example is uh, Viagra was not, they didn't set out to make an erection pill. Uh, it was for something, heart disease or something. And they did the clinical trial and there was this side effect and they were like, ah, oh, this is a multi-billion dollar drug. <laughs> <laughs> um and, you know, like what could AI going back over all that data find that humans missed? So that's a really interesting one. But also AI drug discovery going forward is a really interesting one. And this is less about proprietary data, but I'm just finding a way to shoehorn it in because it's so interesting to talk about. There have been some new drugs discovered by AI and it's just like AI is given ungodly amounts of data to crunch. Um, a new antibiotic was found. Um and I think quite a powerful antibiotic was found by AI. Google have launched isomorphic labs, uh, which is using AI to search for new treatments. And I think if you combine the computing power of AI with all of the data that these pharmaceutical companies already have, like it, it will be a pretty powerful combination. Mm, very powerful. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty exciting to see that we're right in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing time to be alive. Anyway, um, one for me, Ren, is in sports. Now, there's not specific companies that I, I think Catapult might be one here in Australia, but like... Um, yeah, yeah, that, they will be the biggest. Well, it's also like combining like all the sports that... Like if you talk about AFL, for example, but it would apply everywhere. You know, um, what's the company that crunches this, the game data? Champion data. Champion data. So you combine that with, True, with the player yeah, yeah. data with nutrition and all of a sudden the teams can start painting this picture of you know you had 25 handballs and you ran this far and like just i don't know what it could end to be but like the perfect player optimization or like super coach strategy yeah like (laughs) i don't know yeah what the outcome would be but they're always trying to optimize for like fitness and you know the right players on at the right time and all that sort of stuff so i think if the volume of data that's out there in, in sports is they all wear GPS. Mm. They all, you know, it's pretty data driven at the moment. All the teams have game analysts. You know, if you're plugging in all the video footage of all the games into AI and telling it to analyze the perfect plays and all that sort of stuff, like you can see it becoming quite powerful. The fascinating thing for me is how much like sport has become so analyzed and, you know, um, in every sport analytics has really taken off. Uh, obviously, the Oakland A's um, were big with like this whole Moneyball strategy of analytics. We're seeing it really sort of take off in the NFL with some teams, and like strategy is really determined by analytics um, in some cases. Um, and it's it would be happening more and more in every sport. But for me, the question is like with this stuff, will we will we at some point realize there's a limit to it, and you like you can't 
uh, analyze your way to a perfect team and it's like at some point it's just like human yeah, like definitely. ingenuity to yeah. just like just do it or like to to will yourself to the next contest yeah, and absolutely. stuff like that yeah but it'll tell you the right people to put in those positions to give yourself the best chance but i guess like can you measure that can you measure like someone being clutch yes 100 percent. you reckon yeah like the potential to be clutch. yeah I it's mean. like what are the characteristics of all the people that were clutch and of across the last hundred years of football maybe yeah maybe it's like analyzing <laughs> what their are the characteristics exactly to, yeah to understand yeah. their mental fortitude did they have what food did they eat before <laughs> understanding like maybe you sequence their genome and you understand that like these genes lead to be more yes. clutch <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right let's get through a couple of others um i think there's a couple of obvious ones uh so airlines pricing and stuff like that yep. optimizing for price figuring out who is going to pay what mckinsey did a big um paper we can include it in the show notes if people want to read it um it's called notes from the ai frontier they say they've spoken to hundreds of companies and analyzed it they never actually include any of the companies it's always anyway it's proprietary data yeah yeah true (laughs) mckinsey and bain and those guys yeah imagine how much data but it's probably not their data yeah, Yeah. yeah anyway um they looked at all these different industries and asked, where does the analytical power of AI, where will it add the most value and travel massively over index? They reckon it will more than double the, I guess, revenue in the travel oh, wow. industry. So travel was number one, transport and logistics, number two. And transport and logistics, you can sort of understand yeah, route yeah, optimization, yeah. Yeah. making sure every ship yeah, plane is truck full. is full mm. and then it's full with the right stuff to minimize um, mm. costs on the other end and all of that stuff and then one more bryce as we close it out i think we need to mention agriculture yeah and we've spoken about this company before but i think this is the company to watch in this space it's not necessarily going to be a great investment but it's the one to watch if you're interested in this space is deer yeah yeah we've spoken about it a couple of times on the show but they're they're already using AI and, well, kind of Internet of Things, mm. plugging up and, and using technology to optimize farming. Yep. Um, and as I guess they can, if they start plugging in AI, take that to the whole new level. Yeah. So right now they are really focused on collecting heaps of data and delivering that to farmers, you know, uh, soil, moisture, content, uh, humidity of the air, uh, presence of pests how much fertilizer you need to spray, um, all, all of the stuff like analyzing nutrients in the soil, all of that stuff. Uh, they're also trying to develop self-driving tractors. But even if they don't have self-driving tractors, they're still collecting data on traditionally driven tractors as they're driving around a field. All of that data gets sucked into their platform uh, and then it tries to deliver insights to farmers. But for deer, they're sucking all that data from farms globally and season after season after season and that bank of data as more of these sensors and stuff get rolled out because it's still early days for this whole story what insights that will yield will be really interesting yeah it's yield, fascinating also pun intended <laughs> nice well i think the, the i guess the point of this is that they're you know ai is certainly opening up a lot of investment opportunities it's getting a lot of people excited there are the obvious plays which we said at the top of the episode which is investing in the ai companies then there's the picks and shovels but 
you know, you can really see how this opens up opportunities for companies with such large volumes of data that traditionally, you know, they've had that data there and have been trying to optimize it and use it and, and gain competitive advantage, but AI is only going to improve their ability to do that. So fascinating space, really exciting time. Um, you know, no wonder it's creating such hype and companies are out there raising at ridiculous valuations. So, yeah. Can I tell you one story uh, about a AI startup before we leave that I think sort of illustrates the point? It illustrates why NVIDIA is getting such a high valuation. There's a, a startup called Infection. Oh, no, Inflection. Okay. Important uh, L there. Heard of it? Uh, I don't think so. So, they raised a $1.3 billion funding oh, round. I did see this. Yeah, they're like an early stage company. I think the the team behind it are pretty good, but they raise money from Microsoft and NVIDIA and a whole bunch of other companies. $1.3 billion. There was some back-of-the-envelope maths done on a podcast I was listening to, um, and they reckon $900 million of that $1.3 billion is going to need to go basically back to NVIDIA to buy GPUs, mm. to build the compute power to build the starter. It's crazy. Um, I think uh, NVIDIA uh, GPU, $30,000 off the shelf, but there's such a backlog. If you want to buy it in the secondary market, about forty-five grand. And so all of these startups, like how... There was a generation of SaaS startups, uh, like software as a service startups, that VCs used to complain that they would fund them and then all that money would just go to Google and Facebook in ads. And people got really annoyed at that. There's this generation of AI startups. How much of the money that they raise is going to have to just go to like NVIDIA and mm, AMD mm. as compute? Well, I think I read that they needed to buy something like 20,000 of these things. Yeah. To, yeah which yeah. is at 45 grand is, is 900 million. I would, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's great business model for NVIDIA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe after all of that, it is investing in NVIDIA. Well, again, like, uh, we spoke about this last week on the show. Like, uh, your returns as an investor is a function of the quality of the business that you invest in and how much they can grow and the price you pay for yeah. that business. And that's the question with NVIDIA. Now, we'd love to hear your input on any companies that you think could also uh, benefit from large volumes of proprietary data. Join uh, the Equitymates community on Facebook, Equitymates Discussion Group, and uh, share it with the community. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, yeah, let's uh, go on this journey together. Let's, let's uncover some gems. Yes, yes. Now... Um, we're going to continue, as we said at the top, with my uh, AI data-driven introductions over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned, Ren. I'm going to surprise you every time. But we'll leave it there and pick it up next week. Ahoy, mi hearty. <laughs> you have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Small details are big surfaces. 
tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.